pole vaulting and training for pole vaulting and becoming, you know, what we became as athletes. And dad always said uh, in, in his level system that we grew up in, that the final level, the mastery level is giving back. Episode one, one more jump podcast. Um, I always knew we'd end up doing something like this. I didn't know when or how it would come about. Um, Obviously came about in a pretty odd and extraordinary way. Um, I guess just hopping into disclaimer before we go into introductions and questions and stuff. Um, COVID-19 is going on um, and who knows what what listeners will hop back to episode one if this just takes flight, you know, no pun intended there. Um, and it hey. ends up uh, becoming real popular, but just so everyone who's listening or watching knows we're doing this remote. Um, we're technically under, I guess, a quote unquote quarantine and doing this out of basements and guest rooms and over the internet and, um, yeah, we'll do the best we can here. So I guess just hopping in, Jake, tell us about you, what, how this came about, why we wanted to do this. Um, tell us why one more jump. Um, so I'm Jake Winder. I am the oldest of the Winder brothers. Um, and I live in Joliet, Illinois. I've lived here since I was two years old. I don't think we need to go back that far Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why all right anyway um so yeah I've got uh I'm married to my wife Michelle I've got two little girls uh Lacey and Brooklyn and um yeah I am an elementary school teacher and then I am the owner of Rise Athletic Club uh Rise Athletic Club is a track and field club usatf sanctioned track and field club but um right now we currently specialize in the pole vault um but we are opening up a new uh event group uh pretty soon but that's gonna remain um anonymous right now we're not gonna release that event group just yet keep you on the edge of your seat (laughs) um but yeah so i i'm super pumped about this i can't stop smiling i've been smiling for you know since i we came up with this idea i think we came up with it for me we can't it was it was motivated behind originally it was motivated behind creating content for the athletes at the club so i went through and i was like okay so what can i do for the athletes at the club while they're in quarantine and then i just started coming up with ideas and i talked to you and then somehow we got on the idea of a podcast and i was like well a podcast is nice because it's simple Uh, it's inexpensive because right now I am a small business owner and it's very, very hard times, obviously for small business owners right now. And uh, coming up with, you know, a bunch of real professional videos is time consuming. 
it's uh, there's a lot of labor involved in that. And I just don't think I would have gotten the return on that, that uh, I would have, you know, the return on the investment wouldn't have been very good. So uh, that was my first motivation was to just provide content uh, for the kids. And then slowly it morphed into, whoa, this is cool because me and my dad and then Luke, our youngest brother, we, we run the club, yeah. um, Rise Athletic Club. And then you are up in Minnesota and I've always wanted to have you be involved with what we're doing too. And, and so this is just, it quickly flipped over from just being about providing pole vault content to being like, hey, we can have Josh involved in this whole thing too through this podcast. And, and now I'm super pumped because now we, we started the ball rolling and we were like, you know what, do we necessarily have to talk about pole vaulting the whole time? And then we were like, no, not really. Yeah. We can talk about just all the stuff that we're into and kind of, you know, obviously we're going to revert back to pole vaulting quite a bit, but we're going to be able to expand on, you know, who we are as people and, and our lives and what we're interested in and, and, uh, you know, things like that. So that was, that's my motivation behind it is, is those two things, creating content, uh, you know, for, for these kids and for other people, not just kids. Um, and then, and then having you be a part of, of kind of what we're doing up here. Well, I think capacity. What's cool is like, you always want to, I always, always have wanted to do something like this. And it's almost like I've waited for it to be like, man, I wish I could just drop everything and just focus on putting out content. You know, like I have the whole winder up thing. Um, and we'll have like links to rise and winder up at the end of this episode. Um, but I have the whole winder up thing and the YouTube and the website, and I put a lot of energy into it. And then you know, moved up to Minnesota and got really busy with work. And it's like, I wish I could just drop everything and just focus on putting out content. And then COVID-19 situation started just blowing up like like crazy. And it was literally like, it it seemed like a, a week or two where it was like, okay, this is, you know, kind of a big deal. And then it was like, holy cow, this is getting to be a pretty big deal. And then it's like, hey, you pretty much are confined to your house unless it's an emergency. So we were forcefully put into a position where it's like, well, I'm spending a lot of time on my computer and messing around on video and audio software and, you know, watching a bunch of uh, Netflix, uh, you know, in between all the running and exercising that I like to think Mm -hmm. I'm doing. Um, So, you know, in comes one more jump podcast. Um, Yeah. And we, and the coolest part well, one of the cool parts about it is that people don't realize that we have all through our childhood, we were super into audio and production. Like, like we played in a band together, which I don't even know if we need to. Hey, we, we toured, we toured, (laughs) we we were on tour in the the South uh, suburbs of Chicago. We we were borrowed mom's minivan. We played at that one place, Rocker Dogs, where it was a bunch of picnic tables <laughs> as a stage. It was like five picnic tables pushed like, together. Don't step right the there or else this thing will flip. <laughs> and they had uh they had these old um like like really old tape video cameras 
they had an old like audio uh analog recording video sync setup that i remember man we walked we walked out of there with a, with a DVD of our live performance and then we put oh, it in the, uh, tell me somebody's got that DVD. We, I hope we do somewhere. Cause we put that in the DVD player and I remember thinking this is going to be awesome. And then we started playing it and I was like, Jake, I really think we should yeah. probably just shut this thing off. It was terrible. <laughs> and, and our drummer, our drummer's name was Chuck danger. Yep. And, and we didn't, we didn't know if that was his real last name or if, if he had just made that, <laughs> and, that was like a stage. And name. the drummer before him, Tim, had two oh, lion, yeah. lions tattooed on his shoulders. Our drummers, man, we can never find he was somebody. Jack who, too, he that? was He was. And then really, he ended up like not liking us or something. Yeah, he, we had a falling out because he, uh, yeah. I don't know. But we won't we won't get into that but yeah anyway so we we have a we have a long history with audio and like we've we've spent in our in our childhood and our youth we um we used to just get obsessed with you know producing our own songs and and yeah. you know having the highest quality microphones and having the highest quality that was whenever we flipped from analog to digital and like we used to have um that was whenever they started to come out with interfaces that you could plug into your computer and you yep. can record your audio into your computer. And, and we could, you know, cause you used to have that analog, uh, Tascam yeah, recorder thing, that recorder was... thing that we used to, you used to use. And then we, we were like, Holy cow, you can plug this thing in this USB port and then you can record yourself. So anyway, yeah. so we, we we know a decent amount about production and so then we were like well you know it would be fun for us to kind of tap into that part of our lives again that we haven't you know well that's why it was so long so easy for us to like when when somebody wants to put a podcast together right they want it to be you know two or three people in person feeding off the energy of each other, HD video, 4k video, you know, amazing audio and yeah. thrown up on all the different places you can watch and listen. And the reality was, was we did this in a, in a week, week or two. Yeah. And it was just playing on the, I guess the strengths or knowledge that we had from all the, probably the decade of us dinking around with random pieces of equipment. It's like, Hey, go grab a mic. I'll grab a mic. We'll plug it in. We'll pr press record. And, uh, yeah, it's awesome. how it sounds. Yeah. And the cool part is, is that we used to have that we still, sorry. So we, we have, we had a lot of equipment, you know, yeah. so we didn't drop like a million dollars into, you know, this equipment and stuff like no. that. And like this green screen behind me is a bed sheet, you yeah. know, like it's just like, I don't have a green dinky. screen. I got an empty yeah. guest. Room. Actually, that is a green screen. It, it looks like you're in a, in a basement. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I wanted to set it up so that it looked like I was in a, in a, in a, in a room in a basement. Dude, my, well, our first one was me in that outer space one. Yeah. That but anyway, one yeah. So we, it's, it's been, it's been really cool and an exciting time. I don't think I've been this excited about something since I started, uh, since I started the club with yeah. like, well, like it's, that, yeah. So I think what's cool about this is we can have two or three listeners, you know, 
our dad, mom, Luke, dad, Luke, maybe Luke, and, and, and our mom. Maybe maybe your maybe wife wives, and my yeah. wife listens to it for like fifteen seconds and then goes, "All right, I've heard your voice enough." <laughs> um, but it's just cool that um, that we have the ability to to hop in here and and just like wind her up. You know, started with I, I don't have the most popular YouTube channel ever, but it started with couple hundred views and then in a year it went to i mean we're at right One now a half million billion. a half million views on a youtube Dang. channel and that's what, pretty cool man but what what's crazy about that is in and someday hopefully it's over a million 10 million who knows but with with a half million views you got a half million let's just say people, you know, there's people who've watched it multiple times and, and right. stuff, but a half million people in the pole vault community watching content that helps them to hopefully take something away, get better, take one little nugget away and, and be able to, you know, apply it. And yeah, I think, I think without diving too much into winder up, why don't I back up and kind of just introduce myself where, yeah, where I'm sure. at and um, yeah kind of the why for, for the, uh, the podcast. So Josh Winder, Jake's younger brother, but the middle Winder brother, we've got Jake and then Josh and then Luke, I'm Josh. I'm the one who, uh, who didn't vault 18 plus. Hey, it's all right, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all right. Hey, I go to meets and they're like, Hey, Hey, Josh, I've heard of Jake. I've heard of Luke. I've even heard of Tim. Heck, I've even heard of Margo. But I didn't even know there was a middle middle son. What's your name? Josh. It's crazy because you had such a, an incredible career too. That's, well, I don't know. It's well, I, it, I am I am the one that jokingly people say, "Hey, you're you're the one who didn't vault eighteen, right?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you should just say no. I'm, that's my other brother. That's the other one. It's it's uh. <laughs> it's that was Luke. Luke was Luke was no good. You know, he won seven NCAA championships, but he was He's just, actually living in a van down by the river right now. <laughs> Speaking of which, somebody said that to me the other day and I was like, like, you don't That's sell enough internet this month. I work for Comcast. You're gonna be living in a van down by the river. <laughs> and I go, I would love to live in a van. Seriously. Does not sound bad. That's you like mean, my dream. Man. We got spring in Minnesota rolling up, that the, the bass fishing and pike fishing. Give me Give me a van down by the old mist. Dude, one of those Detroit. sprinter vans, like a pimped out yeah. sprinter van like Alex Honnold has. Yep. Get the girls, my girls in there, Michelle, and we just By your girls, you mean your 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 daughters. See you later, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, get my that didn't sound good. I mean, I mean, Lacey, Brooklyn, and Michelle. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm I'm up in Minnesota. So I'm the I'm the middle brother. I obviously pole vaulted. Um, and I think the the thread that runs through this podcast is going to end up centering around pole vaulting. But I pole vaulted in middle school and high school and had um what was supposed to be, you know, a career ending injury with, um, my senior year in high school, what we call blow out my shoulder. I had a, a injury that I ended up having to take about two years off pole vaulting, um, and was able to make a recovery, but not even close to, to where I feel like I could have, could have been at, but that's neither here nor there. But what I did is I fell in love with, um, with coaching and, 
got involved in some high schools and helping out at North Central College. And um, yeah, I, I still love the event and want to be a part of the event. And that's part of the reason we were doing this. But I'm up in Minnesota um, and have been separated from the event and kind of the uprise of Rise mm. Athletic Club. Hey. And um, I, I've been having the itch to be a part of it. And now I can remotely through this podcast. Um, but I think the main reason yeah, if and, I had to really quick, we don't, we don't, we're not like, this is not rise athletic club podcast. I just yeah. work for rise. And like some of this podcast is going to become content for sure. That I use on my Instagram and social media. Same with like winder up. Um, right. And I'm sure that we'll just keep it's throwing its own separate entity. Yeah. Yeah, it's just we'll probably end up making an Instagram just for one more podcast. Um, but I think to get to like the the reason the podcast thing <laughs> that's my sub pump. <laughs> if you, if you can hear. The the reason I want to do this is because I have a habit of talking a lot more than I listen. And I think it's important to, um, I love podcasts because you just, you learn and you listen, you get to know people, you know, from all over the, the U S or the world, it seems like, and I'm just excited to get people on here, sit back and get some perspective, not just in the pole vault world, but you know, whenever we have guests outside of the pole vault world, um, learning yeah. and understanding how to be a better person, how to be a better athlete, et cetera. So for sure. Yeah. And I, and I, and just providing some sort of entertainment, like for me, I listen to podcast, I think podcasts have come up. I mean, obviously over the last five years, you know, exponentially, like yeah. there, people are, are listening to podcasts all the time. It's like legitimately, like you can take two uh, earbuds and you can just put them onto your ears and it's just like, knowledge just goes boom 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 it's For not sure. very fast but it's like you're injecting your brain with knowledge through those two earbuds and like, i can't stand reading it's so it's like yeah i i like up. reading but it's just it i takes don't so long it takes so I, long i i it was weird because i i thought to myself like right as youtube reader. was getting popular i was like man i love youtube but at the time it wasn't very good with like if I was going to go on a run or if I was going to be lifting or whatever it was, being able to listen to an interview on YouTube. And then these podcasts started happening. And I remember the first day I put in um, my headphones and had a podcast playing. I was like, this is pretty awesome. Being able to just, yeah. like you said, inject knowledge in your head while you're lifting or running. And you and I are both doing this kind of distance running stint uh, trail running, all that fun stuff. And like, although it is yeah, really, it really the, nice. passes the time on that for sure. Well, yeah. And in the woods and on trails, you know, I, I typically don't have the headphones in, but yeah, I live in too. Minneapolis, like in the city of Minneapolis and running around in downtown without headphones on is um, not the yeah. most enjoyable experience ever. So in that concrete jungle, man. Yeah. And I, I was introduced to podcasts by uh, my buddy at work. And one thing I was thinking about is that as this podcast goes on, I feel like we're going to just, it's going to develop characters in our lives. And I was wondering, I was like, do these people want me to like say their name? Probably not. Some of them might. So I was like, man, so we're going to have to like create 
aliases, aliases for these yeah. people. So this alias is my buddy at work. That's his <laughs> alias. My buddy so at any, work. Anytime he comes I only up. Got, I only got one like real buddy at work. So. Well, you only have one he real up. coworker at work. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> but anyway, my buddy at work told me about podcasts like uh, two two years ago or something and ever since then i just you know listen joe rogan experience um what are some of the other ones steve ranella's meteor podcast um and what's funny is you said steve ranella meteor and i'm rich roll vegan i like rich roll though i think he's interesting too he he sleeps in a tent in his backyard that's (laughs) that's i find that very fascinating it is it's like i he's got this nice i think he lives in uh somewhere in southern california and in the background of his videos you see some you know really really nice modern home with you know the wife in the kitchen cooking all of her vegan meals and his kids running around and he's unzipping his he's unzipping his tent um right but i mean come on man after a good night's sleep in a tent um yeah it's it's next next level especially if you don't live uh Oh, I was going to say in the city, you probably can't. Or, well, actually now you could. No, um, I could. but, I, I'm but if you're out at cars going by, I've got like a mix between really cool outdoors, like kind of some big trees and a little yard space right next to a, a busy road. So it's, okay. it's weird, but the busy road takes you to downtown and you can get on I feel all the like sports we games. Can- yeah. I, yeah. You live in a cool spot. See me, like, I feel like in my neighborhood, if I slip on the backyard, cause I've always wanted to set up the tent. Cause me and the girls are going backpacking this summer out in Colorado and this will be their first experience going back. Like, well, I took them backpacking one time on the Manistee river trail up in Michigan and uh, Brooklyn was like eight months old, maybe nine months old. And then Lacey was like, uh, you know, not too much older, maybe two. Well, I guess I just decent amount older, but like maybe like two, two and a half. And, and mom went with us. It was me, mom, Michelle, and the girls and Brooklyn was small, man. And we went and, uh, and it dropped down to like 40 degrees and raining Mm -hmm. and 40 degrees and rain is way worse than like, 20 degrees and dry you know yeah. because 40 degrees and rain is where you can get real messed up because you get that water and you as stuff starts to get wet and you can't dry stuff out so it's been a couple years to gain back uh michelle's trust and and going on another backpacking trip but we're going backpacking in colorado this year so i've been like man let's go out in the backyard and um and let's camp out in the backyard and I just feel like somebody's going to roll up on us just yeah. like some dude. Like we went, we went, we were camping at, at this campground that we go to sometimes in the summertime. And there was, we were all sleeping in the tent and all of a sudden I just heard hit in the tent, hit in the, and I'm like, what the heck is that? I go outside and there's a dude whizzing on our tent. No joke. I mean, he had been indulging for probably the entire day yeah and then he's out there uh peeing on our tent and i was like man i know something like that's gonna happen in my backyard so we haven't done it yet but i don't know how we got on that subject but 
<laughs> anyway, well, full, I guess, circling it back to um, <laughs> going from the dude whizzing on the tent, segueing into <sighs> that's a true what, story, man. What we plan on providing, right? So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Go ahead. I mean, I guess my question to you is without getting into guests and stuff, if you had, which we have a couple cool ones lined up yeah, already, we do. Um, if not you just our family <laughs> episode one <laughs> is Luke episode two is Tim Winder, our dad, actually that might be the case, but stick until episode three and you will be amazed. Right. We'll get through the whole family episode 16. You're going to have a good time listening. No, but if you had to, if you had to sum up a couple goals of like, you know, we, we want to be good listeners and we want to provide content. If like, if you're a yeah. uh, if you're a 23 year old, um, you know, guy or gal who just graduated college and you know is you know a, a top top level vaulter or or middle of the road vaulter and wants to just like learn and grow and expand, like what do you want to try to provide to them through this around the uh, subject of pole vault? Around the subject of pole vaulting, I think that um, there's a lot of of mystery surrounding elite vaulters. Whenever I was younger, I was always like, "What are they doing? I just want to know what they're doing." Like, like are they are they lifting really heavy, or are they not lifting at all, or you know, what poles are they jumping on? How high are they gripping? You know, like, and there's like so much mystery, and like, yeah. you just you just kind of there's like a guessing game and i always found it very fascinating to know like the insider information like Mm -hmm. you know what is uh, for example what is sam kendrick's gripping like my thought is that he's gripping like 15 9 ish maybe 16 you know but I don't know that for sure. So I think that would be interesting. Like if one day Sam, you know, would want to come on the podcast and be like, Hey man, I've been, I've been wanting to know how high you're gripping for so long. And there probably are people out there that are like, dude, just go on YouTube. He's got his his numbers and everything. But I think, I think that insider information is good. And then I think, letting people having these different guests on and having them explain their story because their story is going to hit home with somebody out there. Like my story will hit home with somebody out here. Your story for sure is going to hit home with people out here, which I want to go into that uh, in a little bit about um, your struggles because they relate identically to the struggles going on with kids right now in the pole vault and other athletes in the pole vault athletes in general, I mean. Um, but I, I think that, that there's always going to be somebody who's going to be able to relate to what the positions that you've been in. And now we're, we have this like platform. We've done so much hard work pole vaulting and training for pole vaulting and becoming, you know, what we became as athletes. And dad always said uh, in, in his level system that we grew up in, that the final level, the mastery level is giving back. 
that's the final frontier. That's it. That's the end of it. The end of it is you went through level one, you went through level two, and all of these are drills and training. And then you went through level three, and then you went through level four. And then the final level is the mastery level. And that is where you take all those skills that you developed in those levels, and then you give them to other people and you give that information to kids and you give them to coaches and you give it to whoever, you know, will listen. So that's, that's where I'm at. What about you? I think that that's that giving back and that kind of letting all of those lessons and, and drills and all of those things that were just a part of our lives for 10, 20 plus years. Um, over time, those end up growing and taking on new forms. And I think what's cool about where I'm at in my life is like, I, I work and I work a lot and I'm in sales, right? And I think talking about relating, you know, certain stories and my story with the pole vault and how it might relate to others. Like personally, all of my experience with pole vaulting, um, grew and develop into so many other facets of my life. Like my sales, my, um, my drive at work, my, my structure, my organization. I mean, I literally have like periodization charts for like how I'm going to tackle the, the week or the month or the year and how much prospecting I need to do. And it's all, it was all a result of, of how pole vaulting laid that groundwork. Um, and that's why I was able to hop into sales with, zero sales experience, none. And ended up becoming literally the number one rep in the nation for, for sales, because it was just for the specific company I was at, because it was just a part, it was ingrained in me. It was like, okay, I need to put this amount of work in. I need to have this much preparation. I need to have this much recovery or follow-up. I need to provide this much pressure. I need to back off at this time. And it's just crazy. And it's the same thing with, um, with distance running, you know, we're, we're starting to tackle that now. Um, I mean, like yesterday I went out and, and ran a marathon out of nowhere, but I went out, I went out too hard. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, that was a lesson that in pole vaulting where it was like, dude, if you're starting the workout from full approach on your biggest pole, right off the bat, you're going to end up in the box and I did right around mile 13, 14, because I went out too hard. My legs were like, Hey man, remember, remember how you used to do this in the vault? Yeah. It's not working out. And then you get to mile, like, you know, 17, 18, 19. And you're like, yeah, I ruined this workout, you know, because I didn't do what I'd always wanted or trained myself to do, but you didn't without, stick to your plan or correct. Yeah. I think that that's, um, the point I'm getting at is no matter how much experience you have in something, how many life lessons you've learned, how many layers and layers of, of good days and training you have at the end of the day, you know, my default. And I think a lot of people's default setting is to just really try to have a great performance as fast as you can and make it as fun as you can right away. Yeah. And sometimes you got to pump the brakes and slow that down. That concept of delayed gratification right. is so hard. And, and as you get older, you get a little bit better at it. I've gotten better at it since I was, you know, younger. 
Um, but that, that concept of, of delaying your gratification, doing stuff right now, that right now is not that much fun. Um, but in the future, you know, it's going to, you know, pay dividends. And, and like right now I I had to get, I had to get my stuff together on this quarantine because at the beginning of this quarantine, man, I was just a slob, a big slob, man. And I felt like a slob, you know, when you take your shirt off in the mirror and you're like, goodness gracious what yeah. the heck is going on here yeah. man and i i just I've, i was I've looking at myself at like, one so yeah no right. i'm kidding <laughs> um but i was like man i'm turning into a slob here and i was like okay so i have to i know that i'm turning into a slob i have to get myself back on track but the problem is is just that there's a fly in here sorry um that initial that initial surge, you know, okay, all right, this is the day. And then I would get to that day and be like, yeah, no, I'm all right. Not happening. Um, I'm good. And then, and then, but eventually get to the, I got to a point where, where I did move forward on that surge. And I just said to myself, you have to recreate your new normal because what you've done is you've gotten yourself to think that the way that you're eating and the way that you're drinking right now is normal and and your body and your mind thinks that it's your new normal place and so now since you dug yourself into that hole you are responsible for getting yourself out of that hole and how you get yourself out of that hole is creating a new normal that's going to hurt for a while it's going to hurt for a little bit and uh but you get through one day and then the second day isn't as bad as the first day. And then the third day isn't as bad as the second day. And then now I'm on like day five. I've dropped, I was at like 192 on like four or five days ago. And I was like, dude, I mean, I vaulted effectively, like at my best between 180 and 185, but I was, I was pretty jacked and I was strong, you know, now I'm just a dad, you know, so one, 185, I'm not that strong. And I, I just, so my, my goal is like around like 180. That's where I try to stay yeah. at between 70 and 80. And so I was at 192 and then, you know, day five, now I'm at 184. And so now I'm like, okay, I've got the ball rolling now. Yeah. And you create this new, this new normal. Um, but you, it's hard to, it's hard to eat the right things because they don't taste as good as the bad things, you know, know and, man. and it's hard to, <clears throat> it's hard to, you know, delay that gratification because right now, if I eat the bad thing, it feels good and it tastes good. Um, right but, away. but yeah, right away, it's just, bam, you get that instant. Couple toaster oh, strudels, a oh, couple pop tarts. Gosh, man, brown sugar, 400 calories <laughs> per <laughs> pop tart. And they come man. in a two pack. Yep. 800 yep. calories. Yep. I'm that tastes sure I'm really, right really that. good right, right away. But then 15 minutes later, you're like, you know what? Now I'm back in this hole and now I feel like garbage again. So you know what? I might as well blow the rest of the day out too. Do let's it. just blow the rest of the day out. Send it. Let's have, let's have a drink or something. And then let's, you know, uh, you know what? Let's the Portillo's some, line, the Portillo's yeah. line isn't that bad right now. <laughs> so, 
So Honey, let's I'm just gonna go, go out and grab us some Portillo's. You want a milkshake? And then if I'm going over to Portillo's, it's always I'm about to give you some insider information here. Okay. If I go to Portillo's, it's a large cheese fry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Two Chicago styles with everything on them. And if I'm feeling healthy, a small cake shake. Yep. But if I'm feeling not <laughs> well, healthy, speaking of, maybe a large or a medium. I don't even know if they come in. Speaking of, of cheese, that kind of reminds me, I, I don't have it pulled up yet, but um, it was a point that I wanted to bring up that maybe someday through, I don't know, Jan Johnson, Chelsea Johnson, the, you know, the who's a decathlete? Who's married? Trey Chelsea. Hardy. Trey Hardy. I was blanking oh, on his name. Oh, yeah. You he posted up and he said, like, <laughs> I, I ate three to five pounds of cheese a week. And he said, I won sometimes and I lost sometimes, but yeah. I wouldn't change a thing. And I think that that, you know, talking about being disciplined and delayed gratification, there's also the flip side of the coin of like, for sure, am I going to cut every single thing out of my life? You and I have both gone into some dark, super disciplined times where it's like for the next 90 days, I'm not doing anything but pole vaulting. <laughs> and it's like, I'm not, Hey, I, sorry, baby. I can't go and walk the dog with you because nope. it'll affect my legs for tomorrow's workout. 100%. But it's, but it's you better believe less it. than a mile. <laughs> I, I, I can't risk it. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to like so have messed up. run through tomorrow because I, uh, I walk the dog, but I guess one more topic with delayed gratification. So you've got these two guys at your club, these two teenagers who yeah. are teenager, really one, teenager two. Yeah. Who are really, really outstanding high school vaulters. These two guys outstanding, very and, talented. And their their gratification or really their their season has been delayed completely if not completely eliminated um that's <clears throat> tuesday what? tuesday ihsa is making the official announcement how have you talked to each of them individually or together i know that maybe someday we might be able to throw them on this podcast but like how are they feeling right now are they like i mean think about um i mean i i won state my junior year and I no doubt wanted to try to repeat my senior year. I had kind of a curveball with that injury, which we'll, we can get into in a second, but like yeah, to not have the ability to repeat uh, or try to was really, yeah. really, really disheartening. So I guess expand on yeah, what they're they, they both, um, the one, the one that's similar to, to your situation that, um, that one state last year, he, was on the upswing he was uh he was starting to jump well and and just to be clear he he was jumping with us during the off season and then he went back and and with his with his high school coach who's a who's a solid high school coach um and and jumped with him but we stayed in you know good communication and and you know he but he was on an upswing and he he was disappointed, um, but he's got a pretty good head on his shoulders. And so he, and he's already committed to a college. And, and so he, 
I don't know. It seems to me like he's just been like, you know what? This is the situation that I've been dealt and, and that is, uh, it's disappointing, but you know, it is what it is. He got to win his state championship. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's huge, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's so hard to win a state or a national championship because you got to be there and be solid on that day. You know, you cannot have an off day on that day. So it's, yeah, he's good. And then the other guy, um, he continued to, he, he's been training with us, you know, yeah. the, throughout the whole season and he had a really, really big upside. He, he's um, technically one of, I mean, he's way better than me technically than I yeah. was technically, and he's he's probably better than all three of us were technically. Yeah. Um, and he did not get a chance to win his uh, state championship, um, which you know obviously disappointed him. You know, he he is, you know, just like the other guy, he's very very humble and and you know down down to earth and he he understands you know that it is what it is but he committed to uh go to school already too so they both are are gonna have futures you know and i don't know i mean and the thing is too is that i'm i'm planning on hopefully having some meets uh in the summer yeah I, I don't think USATF is going to provide insurance for those meets. And I don't think you're going to be able to sanction meets. Actually, I'm pretty sure that they released that they're not going to be sanctioning meets this yeah. summer. Um, but but what, are you, you can, what are you jumping for anyways, if you don't know what the foreseeable future is yeah, for events? I like think if a you lot of these, jump a 15 foot, 16 foot bar in high school at a USATF sanctioned meet. Yeah, that qualifies you for you know, uh, you know, Nike nationals or new balance nationals or something. But like, if, if we don't know what any yeah. of that means, it you would, might as well jump for be, fun. Right. Hey, that's what we should do. We should, we should have the state meet at the club. Oh, <laughs> actually, that would be pretty cool. You <laughs> that could, would be awesome. You could just take, just that. take, take the final, uh, rankings and just be like, all right, Top you've 20 girls, in, top you've 20 been guys. invited Let's to the, the Rise Athletic Club state Ooh. championship. <laughs> <laughs> we could call it the that would actually uh, be pretty funny. R I S A, the Rise Illinois High School Association. Well, it's just like Illinois Prep Top Times. I mean, yeah, yeah. So that, yeah, that, that's that's true. And not everyone and I, I think, you qualify, but not everyone always shows. That's the same thing. Hey, if you're you're a top ten vaulter, top fifteen vaulter, you've yeah. been invited, dude. And and so anyway, so that that my my other guy, he you know he's he's got an incredibly bright bright future. And I've already yeah. I've talked to him about this, and I've just been like, nice, dude, really, really yeah. nice kid too. Yeah, I was like, you know. You, you just need to just hang in there, keep swinging. He'll be fine. He's a mental savage. Um, well, I was going to say, I, so pole breaks, right? I Well, before I've, you go on, I also do want to say that the girls in our club were popping off. I know there's a, there's one girl. Like, I, the, no joke. Over like we were having 13 girls, foot. 13 foot bungees, you know, good cracks at 13 foot bungees from four lefts, five lefts, yeah. you know, like just, I, I was really looking forward to the girls and there were some, there were a few girls too that had, 
that like in practice, it was just like, holy cow, they're about to snap off and jump big bars. And then yeah. Boom. see you later. So anyway, one, one thing that I kind of want to segue into, and I don't know how we're doing on time, but I know that this first episode, we probably shouldn't, you know, show all the cards, mm. if you will. Um, yes. But because <laughs> we have a lot of cards up our sleeves that we're just going to. Oh, yeah. Um, but the, the mental piece, right? You mentioned this, this Valter's a, a really strong mentally. And I think that that's one of the, the things I talked about, how I want to become a better listener and learn a lot. But like, if I had to give anything, it would be being able to help Valter's high school, um, college, especially college. College is a weird time, man. And post-college, understand how to get um, through things, but also just have a better mental outlook, better mental strength yeah. towards things. Because I feel like I have dealt with so many ups and downs in my career, both, um, you know, accidental random things that happen. And then times where you go off the deep end and you think, you know, you've got to stick with some plan or whatever it is, but your guy, I saw him break a pole at Reno vault summit. Am I thinking of the same, Reno. the right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, he broke a pole at the Reno Vault Summit and some, you know, and this is no offense at all to any of the the people who might be listening who, you know, packed it up after that, but some people like don't have it in them to take yeah. another step down the runway. Some people don't have the ability to to muster up the energy and say like okay, that happened. Whatever. I'm I'm in the middle of warm-ups here, so give me the next poll or yeah. I guess I got to drop down and, and focus on technique or whatever it is. And I think you've always, I know you've always been like that too, where, um, I mean, I remember the, the famous video of you famous a couple thousand views, but of you breaking, breaking the poll over the summer. And I remember thinking like that poll just blew up and blew his hands up and you can see in the video, like just how contorted your hands were. And then look at my hands now. That's just normal. <laughs> but then, you, you know, in what, what was crazy that. about that video is, you know, what happened after that, you were on a 490 pole gripping right near the end and you went up to a five meter pole yeah, and then cleared the bungee. And I was like, Holy cow, that, that just, you know, not to, to toot your horn or anything, but that was, that was like next level. That's the stuff. That's the kind of stuff where I learned something significant that day. And it was like, you can either get back on the horse or pack it up. And sometimes packing it up's okay. You know, whenever I blew my shoulder out, I had yeah, to don't pack get it back up. On the horse. Yeah. I had to pack it up. Right. Although I did try to lift my pull up and then my shoulder dislocated. And I was like, yeah, not happen. It's gonna happen, yeah. But you know what I mean. Like, there's a lot there's of a, yeah, 17, there's a, there's 18, a line. 19 year olds where they're 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 still trying to understand. They've got all the the these these hormones going through their body, and they don't know what to do, and they don't know if they should be emotionally like fired up and upset, or really grounded and mentally strong. And I just remember being in that place thinking, like, do you what think do I that do? that's something that you can? 
develop or do you think that that's something that you're born with or or do you think it's how you're raised i know i know for uh i know for me like i would point to mom and dad you know just always requiring that of us like hey hey no you're crying you know yeah okay okay cry for a second cry for a second okay now it's over it's time to get going again come on here we go you know i think and, that and it, i i don't know because I, I can think, just i can there's sometimes where i'm a coaching and i will look a kid in the eye and i'll be like they got it so you know really good example and i was just thinking of it the other day i actually think of it a lot so i'm not going to dive into names or, or schools or colleges or anything, but there was a specific vaulter um, that would always have mental breakdowns, right? I'd be, I'd be a coach at a high school and my vaulters were, they were good, you know, 13, 14, upper 14 foot vaulters. We, you know, we did the best that we could in the few years that I coached there, but um, we were all very, discipline. We, we didn't, um, they didn't mess around very much. You know, if they, if they missed the bar, they didn't take the crossbar and throw it across the runway. They didn't throw their pole, not nothing like that. Like to the point where they were very hypersensitive of people who did do that. And they'd be like, Hey coach, you see him or you see her. Yeah. I I don't want to be that person. It was like, okay, like don't, don't think about it too much, but, um, but yeah, that's cool that you can pick up on that. But there was some, there was some, a group of, of people who were always at our meets. They were a team that was always, always with us, um, probably once a month. Right. And there was this one specific vaulter who always had really, really, really big mental breakdowns, um, without diving. We all know them. (laughs) <laughs> not not him. We all know people. <laughs> not, 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 we don't know that person. But but We're, we all know people like that. I mean, is, throwing is throwing the pole, throwing the chalk bag, literally, oh, you know, yeah. trying Temper to break tantrums. the crossbar, um, pushing over a standard one time. Um, yeah. What the? Yep. And and then Did you ever tried to like fight an official or anything? Oh my gosh, I was the official, and I just he tried to fight you. You want to fight? Not, so, but then get this. The point of the story is then he went to college. Uh-huh. Done. He hey, fine. I've, he, I've turned he a good? new. He just, he decided I can't yeah. be this embarrassing 18 plus That's year old. Awesome. And, and it's cool, but it made me realize talk about nature versus nurture. Like it was, in my opinion, his dad who was allowing and promoting this to happen mm-hmm. and, you know, being a, a, a consultative, like, Hey, it's, you know, you're okay. You know, uh, it's okay. You'll do better next time. Rather than saying like, you have got to be kidding me. Yeah. That is so inappropriate. If you're upset, that's fine. You know what we would do? We would say, Hey, you know, love you, mom, love you, dad, but I'm going to, I'm going to go head over to the corner of the field house kind of just get work some stuff out, work some stuff out. And guess what? When I come back, I will, I will high five you guys. We can go out to dinner. We can do all that, but I need some space. But basically this, this, this guy went to college and boom, I remember seeing him later That's on in awesome. a meet, a meet that we were competing at. And I said that to him, um, point blank. I was like, Hey man, you've 
you've really, really turned, turned a page here. You, you vaulted great today. You know, you're surrounded by a bunch of cool people. So if you're at a point where you're in high school or college and you want to turn that page, like you can, it literally is as easy of like, I'm not, I don't have to be the, the, the dude who, who throws his pole every meet because I did it last meet. And this meet, I missed the same bar that I wanted every week and I missed it again. I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw my pole this week. I'm going to sit on my bag and maybe go high five my coach and say, I think I'm going to get it next week. Like that, that's what I want to try to, to teach and help people understand. Yeah. And I think that that's part of getting older too. I think you just start to like, be like, you know what, this is kind of immature what I'm doing right now. And a lot of those, a lot of those issues I think stem from people. Every time that I've ever acted like an idiot, it's because I've either been trying to impress, you know, somebody or, or there's this pressure that I have that I either I put on myself or somebody else put on me because you don't, you don't realize too, like I'm, I'm an elementary school teacher too. And, and I, I see, you know, kids all the time who are pressured by their parents, you know, really hard, like for sure you better do this and you better, you better perform. That's not how, that's not how winders perform. You know, how many times have you ever, you know, heard mom or dad say, that's not how you, you know, you, you know, I did. That's not how winders do it. You know, that's, No, they've never, they've never said that. But if you know, I did and and chucked your pole across the track, then they'd say, that's not how winders do it. And I think that that winders do it. And then you might have a wrestling match on your hand. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing about dad is dad is not afraid. I think that's a big nature nurture thing. Um, He's not afraid to take it to your level. If you, if you go up to him and I'm just not happy with this and well, neither am I. It's like, he's never, Oh, you know, it's okay. It's okay. And I appreciated that because I, I learned to, I mean, it's just like whenever you're, you're talking to somebody and you, you maybe say something funny or you think is funny and they, they come back with a, well, I didn't think that was very funny. Um, I feel like we've always kind of had that relationship with dad that we knew to, uh, we do, we knew to not, not push it to the level emotionally that, that he gets heightened too, because it's 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 both of us we're all getting too fired up you know bring it down hey um i that's my sump pump again um i think (laughs) that it would be very beneficial for you to give some advice on how to get out of this situation that a lot of these kids are in so there's kids there's athletes that not kids it's athletes it's everybody think about mondo that guy was on a huge upswing. He was blowing up bars, like yep. blowing up world records. And then see you later. No yep. more meets. Like, what is he feeling right now? So anyway, so there, and then there's, you know, athletes that, you know, like we were talking about earlier that are never going to have that chance to win that state championship, even though there was a good chance of them doing it, yep. you know, or, qualifying for state man think about how hard some kids work to qualify for state and things like that okay so you as a senior 
you blew your shoulder out indoors at Rolling yes. Meadows Pole Vault Summit? Correct. At Rolling Meadows Pole Home Vault Summit. Nick Viking. Hey, there he is. And Dave Viking. I vaulted with Dave Viking. 16 plus. Uh, yeah, that was a talk about a good that was vault a big family. Vault. That was yeah, that's another yeah. good vault family right there, man. So anyway, don't so you blew your shoulder Vikings. out. Yeah, don't sleep on the Vikings. Um <laughs> so you blew your shoulder out, and then there goes the rest of your senior season. You had won a state championship as a junior, so no more senior season for Josh Winder. Yeah. And no freshman season in college for Josh Winder. So a lot Correct. of these kids are going to have no senior season, but they'll get their freshman season in college, you know, hopefully. Correct. So what got you through that? Goodness. Besides that's rehab. A, and- that's an open, that's an open <laughs> question. Internal and external rotation, three sets of 10. Um, yeah. No, I, I, there's several parts to that, but I think, kind of explaining the overall situation a tiny bit more in depth um blew my shoulder out which was a labrum and rotator cuff tear it was a dislocated shoulder but what's funny is not funny but i i didn't listen to the first the first doctor i went to said you need surgery and i said no, no, I don't. Right. So we're trying it just like the athletic trainer or the, the teacher that tries to get you to, to work harder on your homework or whatever it is. It was like, no, I'm, I'm an ego filled, um, you know, prideful senior in high school and I'm swole and worked so hard. I don't need you surgery. Were pretty swole. I was, I was Back then. 305 at 165 pounds on the bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a couple people that are sizing themselves up to that and that's that's a tough one. Um, but anyways, and I, I thought I don't need to get surgery. Right. And I remember going back and telling dad and saying, Hey, you know, this guy says I need surgery. And he, he reacted the same way I did. Nah, winder, we winders haven't dealt with that yet. Right. So yeah, none of us had dealt with that yet. So then I rehabbed for, you know, whatever that was, probably three months and then tried to plant a pole again and rehabbed as in you did physical therapy instead of physical therapy, shoulder surgery. Correct. And shoulder dislocated first jump. Right. And it was just like, okay, so now we've got a serious, serious issue. Um, so yeah, mom was wearing my letterman jacket the other day as a joke because we're all bored out of our brains and quarantine and it only had three Illinois state patches on it. It didn't have a fourth one. Um, cause I had qualified freshman, sophomore, junior, and, um, didn't have a senior year. She didn't even remember, um, that I, that I, I had I messed up my did. shoulder. <laughs> I think she did. She did. Uh, she sent um, a follow-up text to that. I'm pretty sure. I, I didn't read that I one, but, yeah. um, so then fast forward three, four five months later, still rehabbing, still rehabbing, finally went to another surgeon and he was like, you need shoulder surgery. And I was like, okay. But he added one more thing in there that really to this day frustrated me so much and it was a legitimate thing for him to say, because um, you've got to be honest as a doctor. My wife's a doctor. She's a surgeon, actually, a foot and ankle surgeon. And, and you know, you've got to be direct with your patients, right? Yeah, for sure. 
But he told me, he said, you need surgery. So I already knew that. And you're never going to pole vault again. And that was that second piece that I was like, and this was our team physician. Um, you know, I guess I, the, the, I our team physician, that's the alias. T- yeah. North central's team physician. <laughs> um, I don't know if he still is, but, um, he was our team physician and he said, you need surgery and you'll never pole vault again. So then I followed up with some questions like, what do you mean? Do you understand pole vault? I understand pole vault, the physics, is it this angle? Is it that angle? And he's like, no, 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 you're not understanding. If I do this surgery, your shoulder is going to be so tight and jacked up. And then it's going to be all these adhesions and, and it's just going to happen again eventually because it's such a high impact sport at takeoff that it's going to feel good. It's going to feel good. And then boom. So then I guess speeding up the story a little bit, finally saw a couple more months of rehab um, just because I didn't want to just sit around, Um, saw another surgeon and he said, you need surgery. And I was like, all right, third time's the charm, right? And he said, and I'm, I think he used an exact percentage. I think he said, I'm like 98% sure that you will come back and be able to pole vault in one fashion or another. And that was enough That's cool. for me to be like, you're my guy, let's do it. And it was, I think it was like three days later, went in there, got shoulder surgery. But what was, what was crazy is I had to change everything. And there's a point I'm making to your question here. The micro adjustments for the macro result was like very, very, very important. So there's times where in the past where it was like, yeah, if I sprint a bunch and lift a bunch, I'll get better. But my mindset changed to after that shoulder injury, all of these little tiny, tiny, tiny things are going to have to add up because I can't lift and I I can't pole vault and I can't do high bar work. So I was trying to train as a pole vaulter without being able to do high bar work, without being able to pole vault and without being able to do anything that was above my shoulder for two years. And then sophomore year boom was, was adjusted my jump enough to be able to vault 17 plus. And the the point I'm getting at with these micro things is like, you've got these guys who, and gals and everyone who, whose seasons came to a halt, a complete halt. And they don't know what the foreseeable future looks like. And they can't do the big things. They can't, they can't vault right now. They can't go to their, you know, they, they might not have a gym membership. And if they did, it's closed down. We're all quarantined. So you have to be able to, you have to be able to find these things that make you gain physical strength, but more so mental strength and doing, doing things that, you know, every single day are making you tougher, making you prepared for whenever, boom, Hey, I feel good. I'm ready to go. Runways open. Rise Athletic Club is back open, firing on all cylinders. Will I have laid the groundwork in that two-month quarantine 
or two year period of not being able to, you know, pole vault yeah, to be able to jump right back where I was. And that's exactly what I did. I jumped 16, nine, my junior year in high school took, didn't have a senior year in high school, didn't have a freshman year in college. What, what did I jump first meet back sophomore year? Redbird invite 17-1. No, <laughs> no, 17-1. And that's, that's so think sick, about that. Man. Think about that's that. So 16-9, two years off, yeah. not off, but two years of no vaulting, personal best. And, and not bad. But did I jump much higher than that? No, because I learned quickly that the pole that I vaulted that jump on was about as big of a pole as my shoulder was going to allow me to get on. And that sounds yeah. like such an excuse, but no, um, it's not an excuse. I remember, I remember at the end towards the, or somewhere, I don't know, maybe it was your junior or your senior year or maybe your sophomore year. I don't know, but it was like, dude, Josh jumped 17, one, he's back. He's ready to rock. He's going to jump 18 this year. No problem. Yeah. And then all of a sudden whack. Yeah. Something happened with your shoulder again. And yep. it was like, oh, dude, I uh, it was take six. It was weeks one off? step, one step forward, ten big steps backwards every yeah. time. And that was I, if you added up all my meets, wreck. if you added up all my meets, so I didn't. I still have a whole year of eligibility left, NCAA eligibility. Let's get Plus, it going. I know. Plus, if you added up all the meets, maybe equals a season. Yeah, maybe that equals you a season that, that you missed. No, a season, if you add up my sophomore, oh, junior, and senior okay, year meets yeah. combined, because there's, there's times That's where you crazy, take. Man. So it, I guess I had a different outlook after all the shoulder stuff, because I, I realized like, hey, when you take two years off vaulting, whether you like it or not, you lose a bit of the competitive fire where you're like, you know, I need this because- yeah you don't feel like you need it anymore because it's not a part of your every single day life. But at the same time, I realized pretty quickly that the way my shoulder felt, the poles I was able to get on, um, that my ability to, or my inability to be able to do certain training things. Like I couldn't do, you know, high bar work. I couldn't do, um, I, I don't know if you remember, I couldn't do anything that was pinky out. Like, pull-ups this way, lat pull-downs this way, dumbbell presses this way, or else my shoulder would slip. So yeah, even man. this is post-surgery. So I was having to do all this stuff that was real close. Um, and then I I'd go and plant doing... this big pole and it would just, ugh. I mean, you could, you can, that's my good oh. shoulder. Yeah. Um, I do remember you doing a set of 10 pull-ups with a hundred pound dumbbell between your legs. So that's that, pretty solid. So, like now no swinging yeah just all the way locked out at the bottom and you know above the bar at top you know when that was 100 pounds with uh 10 reset of 10 remember when that was though that was freshman year before i got surgery so that was that was that time whenever this that was literally the surgeon said hey you're gonna need surgery and this was the the team physician and I'd already accepted the fact that I'm going to need surgery. I guess I just needed another doctor's opinion or whatever. And I remember there was like a two month period in the fall. Cause I got, I think I got my surgery in like October. So like yeah. that September where we were all lifting like crazy. I remember I did, I did just say, screw it. I'm going to, 
I'm going to lift an insane amount of weight <laughs> knowing that my I remember that, left dude. arm you, is going to get going atrophied ham. completely. Yeah, you but were yeah, going nuts. I don't that think I even me... answered the the question, and I, I feel like I'm rambling oh, yeah, on here. You, no, you did. You answered the question. The question was, what do you tell these kids? And the the question is, or the answer is, is the same thing that I talked about on Bronco's podcast. You 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 do what you can and you and you you realize that that you're creating a bunch of anxiety about you not being able to pole vault whenever you come back and you losing all of your power yeah you, and you're losing your your pole vaulting abilities they don't go away overnight they i mean you could grab a pole right now and in 2 weeks you could jump 490 you know like for sure maybe you could jump 490 right now i don't know but um, I've, I think that's takeaway number one is you're not going to lose as much as you think you're going to lose during this time. I put a post on Instagram the other day um, and it said, you know, two weeks off, there really is no negative effects, you know, yep. towards, towards that. Um, and then, you know, if you go out beyond five weeks, you're going to have a little bit of timing issues, but you're going to be able to shore that up in like five to 10 vault sessions and 100%. then you'll be fine. But the crux of that whole thing. So point number two is that you have to remain in condition to be about two weeks out from being in vaulting yep. shape and vaulting shape and regular person shape is totally different you know so well, you need to be two weeks away from that does that mean you have to be in prime condition right now no you don't have to be in prime condition right now but you need to be two weeks away from it so here's you i guess my 16.9 to 5.20 example of having two years off like look at that guy at your club um who broke the pole he what he jumped indoors five meters um he jumped five meters that meet so you're telling that me he broke the pole in warm-ups and then jumped five meters so he jumps that five meet. meters and he takes let's just let's just be i guess what i want as a somewhat realistic estimation of covid19 let's just say six months yeah right. jumps five meters six months off vaulting but is doing pole runs, doing slide box, doing high bar, doing body weight exercises, has a couple sets of dumbbells at his house, is making ends meet in terms of his workouts. Not eating the 800 calorie Pop-Tarts. Yeah, not eating 800 calorie Pop-Tarts. Is he going to vault 520, give or take, within a month or have the ability to? Yes. Yeah, he's going so. to be able to hop back in and have attempts at a 17 foot bar within, yeah. within he's reason. one example. He's one example. Correct. Everybody is like that. Everybody is like that. You'll be within your, you'll be ready to, you'll be taking cracks at your current personal best inside of a month, probably in general. And, yeah. and the longer you've pole vaulted, the quicker that return's going to be, you know, if you were just to be Beginner and like you were still it, it it probably is the same thing for those guys too that made me think of this post did you see mcgregor's post today it was the cool I, it was for me it was one of the greatest posts that I i've did. ever seen I i'm a big wasn't it something Connor with fan. like a flashback or something yeah he said it's this picture 
I don't know if you can see it. It's whenever he got arrested um, yeah. for, I don't know if this is for whenever he slapped that old man or he punched him. No, he punched that old man at that bar. Or if this is the one where he um, uh, threw that, smashed that cell phone in Miami or something like that. But anyway, I'm pretty the, sure that the, this uh, is the, the thing through the bus window and or through the, yeah, he's had a couple of issues. Um, so he went off the rails and he, and the coolest part is that this is like that, that delayed gratification piece that we were talking about earlier. And if you're in that situation right now where you're going off the rails, um, like I was, you, have to be able to recognize that about yourself. So in order to be able to use those two pieces of advice that we gave, um, you have to be able to recognize if you're going off of the rails, like, are you going off of, are you getting to where it's like, no, I'm about three weeks out from being in good shape or maybe four weeks out or maybe two months out, you know, because you can get off the rails. And once you get off, everything accelerates pretty quickly and you can get pretty far gone pretty quickly. So anyway, um, he recognized that about himself and he said, I ordered all of my powers back to me and that order was followed. So he's saying like he ordered and he said, every, I am making myself a new normal. I'm going to create a new normal and get myself back to the best me possible. Um, and he, and he said that order was followed that he gave himself. Um, it is never too late to summon our powers and advance to higher ground. Never, ever too late. Whatever stage we are at, there is always higher power and there is always higher ground. Good luck. And then he said, uh, you know, work hard, focus, rededication equals results. Um, and I think, That's what it is, man. That's what it is. Recognize if you're going off the rails and be honest with yourself. Like I was at the beginning, I was, I'm starting to be a slob, starting to be a slob, starting to get lazy, starting to get lazy on this, starting to get lazy on that. And then recognize it and just say, okay, I'm commanding myself to refocus. I am, I'm not, I'm not saying, Hey, today I'm going to try my best to do this. It's not try your best. It's, this is, has to be done. You, you have to do this. You're commanding yourself to do it, you know, and you need to follow those orders. So anyway, I think that's, I think that's a good kind of a segue into the ending of this, this first episode. Um, I don't know. It was was fun. It, It went by really, really fast though. It did. I, I have no did I have no idea. I forgot to start a timer, but I guess we'll yeah, uh we're at um we are at an hour and thirteen minutes. Yeah. We're so, rolling with the punches here. In between yeah. the uh the the sump pumps and the rambling on of uh of oh, random stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> that's what it is. And this is what we're gonna be doing. Um like we said, we've got some really cool guests lined up and and we've got a big giant list of people that we would really like to be on the podcast. And if you have any suggestions, keep them uh put them in the comments. Um we'd really appreciate it if you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um and anything you want to say, big dog. I was just going to say, if there's any takeaway, um, it's just making sure you, like McGregor said, you know, 
command yourself into, into making something happen during this time. We're in a pretty interesting time with this COVID-19 going on. Some people have the ability to go outside. Some States really don't have the ability to go outside and enjoy, you know, in, in, you know, where the Philippines, what's going on there. Remember they're shooting people over there. They said, if you go outside, you can get shot. Yeah. So some people are under <laughs> That's strict, no joke, strict, strict lockdown. Other people Especially aren't, but in the Philippines at the end of the day, do everything you can to try to produce some results. Don't go, you know, cycle over it. Don't feel like you can't have a pop tart every once, every once in a while, but um, yeah, just in, enjoy life, have fun, do the best that you can and uh, stick with it. So we'll see you, I guess, um, Next time, I don't know if it'll be a couple of days, couple of weeks, couple of months, but we'll try to get a second episode up uh, fairly soon. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try to get it done sooner than later. Um, but yeah, so that is the uh, first episode of One More Jump podcast. There it is.